Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So do you get upgrades as a bona fide celeb? Celebs, I should say. Oh, well, sorry. We, yeah. we, sorry, we, I know it's quite hard to forget. That. We, uh, <laughs> we, uh, yes, we... <laughs> Do uh, occasionally get, get upgrades. Get some nice cheeky upgrades. But <laughs> mainly, uh, actually, can I ask when, a second question? When have we ever got oh, an well, upgrade? We, when we went to Barbados? Yeah, but that was organised before. That was <laughs> We didn't turn up to the airport and they gave us an upgrade. We'd organised the God, trip. Do you remember how you were on that, on that day? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Long story short, I woke up on the flight holding a video camera. I don't even remember how I got on yeah, he the bought. Flight. He was so drunk that we were worried that he wouldn't be allowed on the plane. I don't he remember any slapped. I don't remember any What was this for? Was it work? Come straight. No, we were going out. Well, we so were feeling incredibly anxious and I <laughs> slept he was like He was obliterated. And uh, and the then he was like, oh, he's like, I need to buy a, a camera, and he went and bought like a video cam, a, a video camera, like in a sort of. I'm I'm really surprised that they let you on. What we're going to do is, we're, if you go onto our Instagram at Private Podcast, we're going to post the picture of me on the uh, on the trolley before I got on the flight. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, no. we had to push him to the to the security on a trolley because he was like passed out yeah not one of those ones with the flashing lights <clears throat> no no, no. Was it? just oh, a normal on a, on a trolley. luggage trolley yeah a luggage okay. trolley I was in a, in a, in a I mean r- I think me and Proudlock were probably reasonably hungover but you were just completely fucked Proudlock and I but wait so talk, talk to me no, about this, this upgrade business you rock up to the check-in and they see okay it's a whole bunch of guys from Made in Chelsea okay. are, you, are you thinking because you're now a famous author Dr. well someone's I gotta get a fucking upgrade somehow <laughs> I mean, I'm back in. I think yeah. I'm just slumming it. Is there like a doctor on the plane? <laughs> yes. Can I have an upgrade, please? Prove it. I reckon you just you just walk up. You walk up to the check-in place, and you walk up, and you just you let your book. You just get the anxious a, man just slip out. Just drop one on the table. Drop one on the and table. And get the book out. Yeah. And you just go, hey, listen, I I wrote this, and they'll go, really? You go, yeah. Does this does that, if I sign it for you, do I get an upgrade? And they'll mm. just probably say no. That's what normally happens. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts. We're still here with Josh Roberts, the author of The Anxious Man. Hello. Um, Josh, hey, listen, as I said before, super excited to have you on because there are so many. I just think this is the year for everyone to tackle their own demons and things like that. We spoke up before, like briefly, like saying that you had this sort of feeling for six to 12 months before yeah. you kind of started to uh, sort of really change your life and and do things differently. What did you start to change that started to make a difference? Yeah, so there's a number of different things I did. I changed my relationship with booze quite significantly. Do you think alcohol is a big thing? <sighs> Definitely. I yeah. mean, for me, I think it's different for different people. But if I have, even now, so I do drink now, but I just drink a lot less than, than I ever did. I thought I say, I just drink a lot. I now, just so. drink a lot, <laughs> mostly in the mornings. Um, <laughs> ahead of podcasts. Um so yeah, I changed my relationship with booze. I went from, you know, being a fairly atypical binge drinker, mid-twenties binge drinker, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, to really not drinking in the week at all. And if I do booze on the weekends, it will be fairly low-level stuff. I started exercising. 
So I was a complete couch potato before all this happened to me. And now I run three times a week, go to the gym a couple of times a week. I also started doing CBT, like we were talking about earlier. So at the start, I was doing that once a week. That was for about six months at the start. And now I do that much less regularly, probably once every three months. And do you then, take the THC as well or just the CBT? <laughs> the JLS. Um, well, JLS the band. Yeah, they've been a big help. Um, <laughs> my heart will beat again. Um, <laughs> no, so it's all... all Aston Merigold. Aston. Aston. I think it's Aston. I had a falling out with the JLS crew, didn't I? Do you remember? <laughs> Why you, did you, you not? flipped, didn't you? No, well? because I got the mix up with this other band that was similar. Oh, yeah. What no, no, you, you, you're thinking of the one Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so I, I oh, no, no, I got, uh, so I said, is the wanted walked past? Where was this? Uh, uh, there's some event. I can't remember what, what it was. It was some some sort Teen of Heartthrob Awards. Yeah, no, no, it was it was some sort you of event. It, it was the Oscars. Yeah, it was at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. And I said, oh, it was at the White House. Yeah, <laughs> Francis was hosting. And I and I asked the, the I asked one of the people who was like, um, you know, hand one of my handlers for the day. <laughs> Wait, hang on a second. Let's start. You you had a handler as in a bodyguard. Yes, no, no, it's not a bodyguard. Someone who's just like worked at the event and was like a taking, lackey. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, is that JLS?" And they and the wanted overheard me say, "Is that mis- mistake them for JLS?" And then they basically started. One of the guys started like, like pouring out all this abuse towards me on Twitter. <laughs> so what did he say? What did he say? It was like, it was like, uh, I don't know. I can't. I, oh god, having a fight with the wanted. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, but I'd forgotten. I even forgotten that there was the wanted. I thought they were jealous. But yeah, anyway, I'm sure we can find it on Twitter somewhere. I wonder what was the wanted song. Oh, the Wanted song was... Oh, God. Because JLS had some bangers, but I don't remember a... Please Want oh, Us. The, the, the Wanted, I, so the whole, I, did, I actually know some guys from The oh, Wanted. Here we go. Oh, here Hey, listen, we, as celebs, we run in uh, similar circles. Well, you, that sort of celebs. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean that's what I said? This is, their, their hit song was Glad You Came. I'm glad you came. And, which, uh, Francis... Uh, uh, what? Don't even gonna. Don't know. Just gonna make a joke so about. We're sexing at the sex pun there. Yeah. 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 Just gonna make a joke about coming in. Too... And it was so shit, I couldn't actually get it out. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually give a terrible story I could tell. All right, go on then. Uh, all right, fine. So, I, like any other man out there. Okay. All right, this is totally true. I uh, occasionally masturbate. Oh, Jesus. Mm hmm. Um, Very occasionally. <laughs> occasionally, I do. Occasionally, I kid you not. This is this is true. Okay, and I. Anyway, the other day, I've never tasted or tried or by mistake or anything happened. Tried any of my. Where is this guy? I have no idea. I don't know why I'm telling the story. It's just bizarre. Anyway, I've never tried any of my semen. Like that's never. Right. That's, it's good to know. I've never tried it. All right. Now that I find hard to believe. <laughs> no, I swear to God. A lot of guys say, oh, "Have you never tried?" I'm like, "No, I've never tried it." Anyway, I. I, you know, I relieved myself at a certain point recently. And um, I, the only way to relieve myself was into a Highland Spring small s- bottle. So I relieved okay. myself into a small bottle. Fizzy still? It's fizzy, fizzy, fizzy. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, it was empty though. So anyway, anyway, I forgot about it. I was clearing up the whole house and I went up and cleared up the bottle and went, oh, there's water in it. So I drank it. <laughs> oh, jeez. No. Oh, and I have never in my life 
felt, I honestly was like, oh my God, what the fuck is that? And then realised that it was my own semen. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, well, like old semen. No, well, it was like, it was like half a, a year di- old. <laughs> and then I spoke to a, f- a friend of mine who was in the military and he said, man, that's not that bad. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, it's not that bad. So when we have to do uh, ambushes and things like that, and we were there for like 10, 20 days in like a tent, we obviously would become, you know, as any guy would, you become horny. Um, I don't and, know if I would in a tent on, on a mission. Well, they, hey, they do. Anyway, they would masturbate and you can't leave any remains. So they would eat their semen. <laughs> I think faced with that choice, I just wouldn't have the wank. <laughs> do they have to know what eat I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Leave that's, no trace. That's leave no trace. Like Burning Man. At Burning yeah. Man, you have to do the same thing. You have to eat all of your semen. Yeah, it is. <laughs> So have you got a taste for it now? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, not like, what, like cannibalism? Yeah. <laughs> fucking hated it. Anyway. That's the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Josh, back to you. So you tried... This CBD. is going to be one hell of a pivot. Yeah. <laughs> back to where you were. <laughs> okay. You tried CBD. So you're trying CBD. CBT. Sorry, yeah. CBT. Yeah. yeah. And you had started to exercise and you had done all these different things and you had changed your life in certain ways. Um, did you realise that stress from work and stress from life was creating... Did you basically what I'm trying... Did you realise, as much as we said, you don't want to find a cause so that makes you almost anxious, but yeah, did you yeah. realise what was causing it? Yeah, slow, yeah so slowly you start to realise patterns in the way that you're feeling and the behaviours and things that have happened to you in the preceding yeah. days and weeks. Yeah, I stayed in jobs. I, I changed jobs. It was in a job that I didn't like that, that like actively made me unhappy. So I changed jobs. That was a big difference. That's quite a hard moment as well. That's a... That's a because a lot of people would, you know, life is about having security, right? And if you suddenly go, well, I don't want to do this, you're changing your life totally. That's those big changes yeah, that you need to make, right? And particularly <clears throat> if you're catastrophizing about having this disorder that's going to fuck up your life. Yeah. And then you find yourself changing jobs. You think, okay, am I changing jobs because I want to? Or am I changing jobs because the thoughts in my head are making me do it kind mm, of thing? Totally. So it's so, a tricky one. But So did you, did you uh, was it a similar job? No, I went from working. <laughs> Did you go from? You went from one job that you didn't like, yeah. just changed jobs to a yeah, similar I job. Came a barista for yeah, a few, yeah, yeah. few months. No, I was working in an, in a bank, and I went from working in a bank to not working in a bank, and that was a big, big change for me. Um, what? Because you felt more purpose. You felt more. Yeah, I felt my, yeah significantly more purpose. I was much. Uh, I was much busier, and it was just you know when you're doing a job that you feel you know, that you, you that you enjoy, your yeah. everything else in your life kind of picks up too. And I think when you put all of those different things together, you know, like changing my relationship with booze, exercising, CBT, changing jobs, all those kinds of things, seeing my friends a lot more, it, but in a kind of, I think nowadays we spend a lot of very thin time with our friends. And it, it was moving from, you know, just going to a pub to actually like, you know, going for a walk and chatting to people and kind of yeah, bringing all of those things together, I think that's what kind of helped me helped me turn a corner. Do you know what's funny? I sat with a <clears throat> a uh, psychologist, actually. I had lunch with him the other day, one of the top in London. And we were talking about lots of different things. And he spoke about there are sort of four elements, four ingredients to happiness, mm. in a sense. <clears throat> and actually, he spoke about two things. Firstly, so he said that. Secondly, he said that there's something called the Harvard experiment, 
They've got a group of guys in Harvard, 19 years old, and followed them throughout their entire lives, checked on them every two years. Some became presidents, some became different things, and some have died now they're in their 90s. Some became presidents? Yeah, two of them became presidents, yeah. These guys that they started searching from 19 years old. It's called the Harvard Experiment. Which presidents? Uh, I, I don't know which one. I don't think it was Trump. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was Trump. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But uh, they asked them, you know, uh, you know, and there's lots of interesting things that happened, but when they were 19 years old, they asked them, what do you want in life? And they said, success, power, all those different things. Yeah. And they asked them at the end of their lives, what, what made you happy? And they said, relationships and things. Uh, and he said there are four ingredients to, uh, to stereotypically a happy less anxious life it's having a monogamous relationship someone that you love and you want to be with and not actually this sort of playboy lifestyle actually doesn't make you happy you know second to like what but you're setting out to prove them wrong <laughs> <laughs> no but it's true but it's true you know you, you, Hollywood has glorified these sort of playboys right where you, you live this amazing lifestyle and, and sleep with lots of different people and actually that's, and women as well you know, if you want to you know being a, being a sort of player as a, as a woman as well you know this doesn't make you happy second one is is having strong relationships with friends and, and family where it's not you just pick up the phone and call them but actually you see them you spend lunches with them you have dinners with them mm. you spend time with them that's key third one is uh, having enjoying your work liking actually what you do because if you like what you do then time passes without you thinking about it and that's important and the last one is is actually having an imprint on the world doing something that we feel like you're making a difference whatever that may be being a mother being a hairdresser being an entertainer mm-hmm. being an archaeologist it doesn't matter but you're having a difference on the world and those four ingredients if you've got those you're, you're most likely going to be happy I guess if you're an archaeologist you're literally making an imprint on the world <laughs> yeah yeah well it, it, all those things um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but but so just you had all these issues, you had all these problems, um, and then I suppose what started to happen with you is that, and what happened with me as well in certain scenarios is that you suddenly have those moments of clarity where the suddenly the clouds, this these grey clouds, these stormy clouds which are above you that have been there for so long, suddenly for maybe it's a brief moment, maybe it's a minute, maybe it's two minutes, maybe it's a half an hour, maybe it's an hour, they suddenly part and you feel okay again. Yeah. And when those start to happen, it's almost euphoric for you, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. So, and that's what recovery for most people feels like and it has been for me what happens is the the anxious or depressive episodes become shorter and the distances between them grow longer and after a while you realize oh wait a minute i've been you know like the clarity or peace that peace of mind that you describe you go shit i've actually had more of that recently than i have had anxiety or depression and yeah i'm at a stage now where still have these problems i don't think you're ever cured um i don't think it works like that but I spend much more of my time cheerful and, and happy and contented than I do uh, anxious or depressed. Yeah, I think it's, it's like how you deal with it, right? Because obviously life is, in its very essence, this continuous um, loss of what's once what once was and suffering, right? That, that's what life is. So, so you're always going to have these things which have the propensity to make you anxious. Um, but I think when you realise that that's life... yeah. 
and then you learn to accept. And uh, once and, you've lived through it, yeah. fewer. Few, few, through a few bad ones, yeah. you go, oh, wait a minute. Well, it was this bad before and then it got better. So chances are this yeah. will probably get better. And again, going back to what we were talking about right at the start, once you come to accept that, you know, it might get better, but then it'll, it might get worse, but then it might get better and so on and so forth. Once you come to accept that, you start to notice that actually it stays better for longer. But, mm. but did you also, um, you know, when you... Uh, so how 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 you know because a lot of people who are probably they may be experiencing this at the moment yeah. whether that's anxiety depression or all these different things and probably some people may not be experiencing it at all but some people may be experiencing such low times that they find it very hard to believe that they can yeah, get yeah. out of this moment where they are right now and you know I know how I felt but this is you know it's not about me how 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 bad were you yeah so at, at the some... end of the first year um, the plan well. If I hadn't made the changes that I, I made, there's no doubt in my mind I would have killed myself at the end of the first year. That was the that was kind of the plan, and I, that was the plan. I, well, in so there's lots of different stages to committing suicide. One of them is making a plan, um, as in I'm going to go to a train station or I'm going to go to B and Q and buy a rope or whatever the fuck it is. Mm. Um, never quite got to that stage, but I definitely reached in November or December of that first year the sensation that I really can't do this anymore. And I really, if this is what my life looks like, I'm not that interested in living it. To your point, Jamie, about, um, you're absolutely right, there's this quite trite but I think appropriate phrase about the view always being worst from the valley floor. Mm. So when you're in the bottom of the valley, you can't ever conceive of being better again. I like that. Yeah, and... My experience and what I'm tried to, trying to do um, in, in this book is to reiterate to people, it always gets better. And it might get worse, but at some point it will always, always get better. And that it's always worth carrying on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been, that's been my experience. And I can take that and apply it to all different areas. Like with sleeping, I sleep now, unless the fucking Battersea clog dancers who live mm. upstairs are up to their usual tricks, I can sleep pretty well most nights of the week mm. now. And there was a time when I really clog didn't sleep. Clog dancers? They're not clog dancers, but I've got this, oh, not, reeling. this mad They're probably woman. doing reeling. Well, I think she's a clog dancer and he's Battersea furniture moving champion uh, because these fuckers right. are up all night mm. moving their furniture and, and uh, dancing around. But if I, you know... There was a time when, if you'd asked me, I would have told you, I would have signed an affidavit saying, I will never sleep normally again. And now I do. And so, it, it to, like just underlining what you were saying, it's always, always possible to get better. And it's always worth the slog. Josh, that's why it's so important. I'm so happy that you have written this book, The Anxious Man, and, and actually spoken about it because it, it's so right. You know, going from a place that you were in, someone who was suicidal. Uh, thinking that there was no way out and not really understanding what was going on, whether your life was going to go out. You know, you really hit that rock bottom and knowing that you came out of it and that you've... I've spoken to a lot of people and seen a lot of people and all these different things and people have come out of it. Um, It's really important. You know, I I always... I've mentioned this before, but I think it's important to mention again. I saw this very short documentary of a guy who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. um, And he jumped off it and he survived. And he went and did a research and and spoke to different survivors who had done it. Mm. Over 3,000 people had jumped off the bridge committing suicide that they've recorded. 18 survivors, including him. He's the 19th. Um, He spoke to every single survivor. And each survivor had one thing in common. They all felt immediate regret as soon as they jumped. Um, And suicide... That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
and, and it's just that, you know, suicide, as Francis and I, we both say, is, is an instant relief to a solvable situation. And uh, if you are feeling that low and you are feeling that terrible and you feel like... There well, is... it's, a, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Totally right, yeah. So it's kind of, by its very essence, irrational. Yeah, without a doubt. And, 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 and I... so people who are in a suicidal phase are not r- acting rationally, you know? Yeah, I th- so... Uh... One of the things I would say around, one of the things you hear very often when people commit suicide is this phrase, how selfish. You've yeah. heard that and people say, how selfish, think of the family, think of the friends, whatever. Well, I can tell you when you're that low, when you're that close to the edge, pretty much your friends and family is all you think about. Yeah. And sometimes it's not enough. And that's why people end up taking their own lives. But it's always, as you said, it's... um. It might not seem this way, but it's a curable disease. Totally. Mm, yeah. And I think that's that's my point, is that it is really important to go out there to talk about it. If you've had it for the, all of the 2019 or longer than that, you know, this is a new year, it's January, it's the time to go and change that, start talking about it, to mm. go and get help, start exercising, start looking after yourself. It will pass, without a doubt, it does get better as long as you start focusing on those different things. Um, you know, I, I've stopped drinking alcohol for the moment. I've now, How are you finding that, by the way? Yeah, it's been pretty, if I'm totally honest, it's been pretty tough. I, I find weddings difficult. Oh, I just didn't realise I used alcohol so much as a crutch for social situations and things like that and, it, and it's and it's been been a pretty difficult couple of months in terms of just figuring things out but hopefully again things get better and you get yeah. to the end of that and I actually want to speak about it on, a, on, a, on another episode of these things um, but you know honestly Josh I, I kind of think if you are having a tricky time and you're not feeling your best and all these different things go and buy Josh's book The Anxious Man um, you know you've had people like Stephen Fry say amazing things about it you've had your girlfriend uh, which I find hilarious she has written a comment on the back and it says from Car- uh, Carly Callie Callie uh, Callie McGrill, McCrill. Uh, McCrill, girlfriend of the author, the anxious man, and her quote is, yep, and not bad. <laughs> and even better, your quote, Josh Roberts, the debut author of Anxious Man, the best book I have ever written. This is the best book I've ever written. Uh, but it is, people have really, really taken to so it. So can you pre-order it now? So yeah, you can pre-order it now from Amazon, and then it'll arrive through your letterbox on the day that it comes out, which is uh, in April, 16th of April. Sweet. And there's an audiobook and... Do you read the audiobook? Yeah, I've just been reading it. It's a very, uh, actually exhausting process. Yeah. And also you realise how much, uh, well, I don't know if you have this when you record the podcast, but my stomach rumbling is a real issue. Oh, really? Yeah. The guy said, don't eat. Nil by mouth before I do the next recording because uh, we kept having to go back and do stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, and also you start thinking, am I doing that well? Am I doing this? And you overthink stuff the Definitely. whole time. Honestly, go go and pre-order this book. It's amazing. You know, it, it it says on the back, told with originality, wit, and great humor. It's an essential guide for mental health and a thought-provoking exploration of the millennial condition. Um, Josh, man, honestly, thank you so. No, thanks for having me. It's been cool. Hey, listen, before you go, we've got to have the answer to the question of the week. Oh yeah, oh, yes. Well, um, I guess we'll... we'll, uh, Yes, so the answer to the question of the week was... That, do you remember your answer? Mine was people shoving Lego figurines yeah. up their ass. Then I said, what was happen, happening to, what's been happening to yeah. Lego uh, faces? I said up noses. Well, they've actually been getting angrier. Oh. The Lego uh, um, ink have been slowly making the faces angrier. Why have they done that? 
I don't know. It's quite weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's really weird. Gosh, I wonder why. I yeah, don't look, look. Why have they made that? What are you going to show us? I'm going to show you a picture of them getting angrier. Yeah, but it's a podcast. We can't show anyone else that. <laughs> look. Oh, yeah, they have. Well, that's really angry. Yeah. Jesus, that guy. Yeah, he's yeah, had a terrible day. They're really he's, angry. I, What's going to happen when they get. I don't know, are they going to get happy again? I don't know, man. Hey, I don't know. Hey, Francis, we don't have time for your diary. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, I'll just have to read it on another one. Read it on another one. <laughs> read, it, read it on another one. Read it on another one. Josh, have you had fun, man? I've had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. No, really. honestly. And I, thanks I, I, for talking about mental health because it's a really important topic and not enough people talk about it. It's so I, I want to say one more time, go and grab The Anxious Man, Notes on a Life Lived Nervously by Josh Roberts. Dr. Josh Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh, Doctor uh, Can you Why are you clapping why are you... It's just like The way you called him Dr Roberts uh, Josh What we like to do At the end of the podcast Is leave our listeners With something inspirational Oh okay What like a quote Or something Whatever you Anything. want Anything Well okay So this is a phrase uh, Again very trite But I like a lot Is very simple This too shall pass And it's uh, uh, I think it's from An ancient poem uh, but I like it because it sums up everything I'm trying to do in this book, which is, like we were saying, things might get worse, but they'll always, always get better. This wasn't that Gandalf, is it? No, that's that. <laughs> you shall not pass. Yeah. Is, is, Sorry. It a, is it a Gandalf? <laughs> no, no. So he said, no, you shall not pass. Sorry, I was saying. You shall this is a total opposite. Yes, that is a total <laughs> opposite. Oh, no, I'm to my inspirational what? quote. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Gandalf, yeah. You shall not pass. Sorry, this is too the, shall pass. Do you know what? I'm starting to realise what the wanted were on. <laughs> yeah. Francis is yeah. wanker. Yeah. The unwanted. The unwanted. <laughs> George Roberts, thank you so much. We'll Cheers. see you next week, everybody. Bye bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.